This, 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 this is mythical. What's the best sparkling water? The Sport Crew says they have the answer. Check out their ranking of the best sparkling waters on the market, flavored or not. A tisket, a tasket, put that brisket in my basket. We're talking about barbecue today, folks. This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today's special guest, and perhaps the keeper of the smoking gun for this mystery, actually has a whole smoker in his backyard. It's fellow McRib man, Rhett Mc... Rhett McLog... McLogavulin. <laughs> Rhett McLogavulin, Welcome. Hey, you, you know what? You nailed it. I, I thought a so. A lot of people say McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Mm, a lot of nope. people say McLaughlin. I was like, I've heard you pronounce it, and I was like, I don't think that's right. Yeah, it's McLaughlinarian. What do you call it? McLaughlin. I think it's a brand. Actually, I know it's a brand of scotch that I really enjoy. Uh, lovely <laughs> I get Isla Hernandez scotch. a lot. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I get yeah, Nicole yeah, Hernandez. Yeah, yeah you're like, yeah. Tele- Henderson. A thing that telemarketers like to call me is Josh Shredder, <laughs> which is way that's cooler funny. than Cher, and I think I should keep oh, that. Yeah. Rock yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shredder, sometimes they shred uh like pork. Oh, that was yeah, God. That nice what a terrible segue. segue. I'm trying to work on my segues. Anyways, today we are talking about regional barbecue styles. Mm-hmm. What the best one is, right? You obviously grew up in North Carolina, Nicole. You grew up in what can only be described as the opposite of North Carolina <laughs> in Beverly Hills. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so I'm curious, Rhett. Well, we'll start with you. What do you think the best regional barbecue style? Oh, is? we're just gonna start. We're just gonna yeah. start. I feel I like mean, we had enough small out. talk. Do you have any other small talk you want to get no, out of the way? No, I just this is uh, this is really personal mm-hmm. to me absolutely because my answer is probably a little unexpected <gasps> if not sacrilegious given <gasps> the fact that i'm from north carolina and i'm kind of from eastern north carolina at mm-hmm. least in terms of the barbecue that's the way it was served it was more that eastern style basically whole hog chopped pork with the vinegar sauce vinegar red pepper that's all that's in the sauce no ketchup i really like that it's mm-hmm. very nostalgic. It is not my number one regional barbecue. We choice. were joking okay. that this was a gotcha interview and we had nothing to gotcha about. This is the gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it is a gotcha. We got you. <laughs> my favorite of all the different styles is actually Columbia, South Carolina style. Whoa. Pulled pork with a mustard sauce. Interesting. Okay, so very nice. You were mentioning North Carolina is like the ultimate in Puritan barbecue, right? It is. It is a whole mm-hmm. hog. It is you know uh, smoked over live fire. It is chopped, and then the sauce is literally just vinegar and spices. Yep. Can you explain like like the difference? What drew you to abandon your home state and all the people that loved you, <laughs> including your own family, and defect to South Carolina? You know what? I actually have <laughs> never thought about this you know, introspectively until this moment. Mm-hmm. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, no, no problem, and I, gotcha. And I think I'm really good at pulling sort of like just bullshit answers out at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. but I actually believe in the one that I'm about to give you. Which ones don't you believe in? Because <laughs> we, just a quick note. Is we, now the time for this? We have a debate, oh yeah, we have like a debate every week on this podcast and so many times they'll intersect and then we'll get comments that are like, but you said the opposite thing three weeks ago, and we're like, listen, man, we're not hey, we're good people. We're it's all evolving. We're all evolving constantly. Sorry, go ahead. My parents are from South Georgia. Okay. Mm. In Georgia, there is an incredibly sweet 
very sweet sauce on their pulled pork. They're actually not as known for a this is barbecue in Georgia as much as North Carolina is so distinctive. Like you don't hear people talk about Georgia barbecue mm-hmm. very often, yeah. right? But it is a very sweet sauce, a lot of tomato, a lot of sugar, like probably uh, like brown sugar and maybe some, there might even be some molasses in there. But mm-hmm. so I kind of grew up eating like eating that very early in childhood. And then if you don't live in North Carolina, you don't grow up in North Carolina, there's a little bit of a shock with just how, this is just pulled pork with like vinegar mm. on it? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a little bit shocking. Now, now I really like it and I've grown to, to love it. It is in my top three because I'm going to give you my top three. Oh, please do. We're here, man. We got nothing else to do. <laughs> but I think maybe if you think about regionally, like if you if you go to any point in the Southern United States, and North Carolina is the perfect, it is a barbecue spectrum, right? Mm. Because- sure. As you move west from the really, really just straight up chopped barbecue that's got the vinegar and spices, as you move west throughout the state of North Carolina, you incorporate more and more tomato sauce into into the barbecue sauce. What, what do they call it, like Lexington style? So once you get to Lexington, you get the Lexington style, which is essentially this. Everything is essentially the same, except they've added more ketchup into the sauce, and also they've transitioned to using pretty much just pork shoulder. So it's not as much of a whole hog state, mm-hmm. a part of the state. And then if you keep going and you cross the mountains and you get to Tennessee, it gets even more ketchupy and more. There's more sweet, and they start throwing in other stuff, and it gets a little bit spicy. But basically, if you imagine the whole southern United States, you travel in any direction, and the barbecue changes on a spectrum. Yeah, it's gray, right? So I think that as you travel from North Carolina to South Carolina. It gets a little bit sweeter, and then it takes this weird sort of left turn into mustard. That is is like Mm. the only place that that happens. And I think is there's something like I'm getting a little bit closer to that home original palette of the Georgia taste, Uh. and a little bit there's a little bit of something squirrely in there with the. With the mustard, I, I don't. I mean, you've so you've had this before, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the mustard sauce has gotten pretty popular. Like, Trader Joe's had has. Mm. I've never had mustard sauce. Carolina well, Gold. So, nope. like the Carolina Gold sauce has become something that a lot of people carry okay. in the past like ten mm. years. Mm-hmm. But you, but back in the day, you had to like go to this pretty small area out of Columbia and like the surrounding area in, North, in South Carolina to get this. There's actually like, this notorious. Racist Maurice, you know, do, do, do you know? So there's a guy with this, this these restaurants, Maurice's. If you travel through South Carolina, you just multiple Maurice Maurice's locations. He's kind of famous for this sauce, and he's the most racist with the most sauce. He's like a, the most uh, racist Maurice. He, he's like a heritage not hate kind of guy. Oh gosh, got yeah, it. but he's got like the rebel flag on his actual bottle of sauce, and Jesus. so oh, wow. Walmart <laughs> ended up taking it off of the shelves yeah. or Probably a good when decision. Walmart kicks you out, you know you've got yeah. some, you're problematic, out, right? But his brother also sells barbecue and barbecue sauce. So I can't remember his name, but you can comfortably buy that sauce without having to support Maurice. Anyway. <laughs> that is the most, sorry, I've never heard of that. And that is one of the most wild subplots. Yeah. And, and this has tangent. happened a couple of times. Good tangent. Like there's like the racist owner of uh, Gino's uh, Steaks. Yeah, I and, met him. You met the, why have you met so many <laughs> racist restaurateurs? I haven't met Maurice, but I did meet, uh, I there's Gino's and there's, you uh, know, Pat's. Pat's. I, other, and, yeah. I, and I met uh, both of the guys mm-hmm. so yeah. i guess gino is the real guy then pat uh is the, whoever would happen to be there that be there because i think pat's dead i don't know but i've met both of them yeah one of them's less racist that don't support racist restaurants folks yes. <laughs> that's the takeaway but sorry you're, you're talking about um <laughs> the carolina Gold so anyway business. i don't know what it is but something about the mustard and the way that it combines with the pork 
uh, makes it my number one because my number two is actually just a good Texas brisket. Like mm-hmm. you're outside Tough of Austin. To be. You know, yeah. That's like, the juggernaut. That's yeah, the number that's, one seed. Uh, but I just, I'm a little bit partial to the pork probably because of North Carolina, but then that's where it it's, makes its full expression to me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I, I've never traveled to any of the Carolinas. Have you? No, I don't go out much, honestly. <laughs> I don't leave California unless there's like a real reason to leave California. Yeah, Maybe I mean, I, I've had places that, that call themselves Carolina style. That's that's the trouble with a lot of yeah, this. Is like, style. I've been to Kansas City and eaten barbecue. I've been to Memphis and eaten barbecue. Okay. I've been to a, a ton of places in Austin and, and other central Texas locations. But there's so many different regional styles. And a lot of them, if you really try and find it, you can find a place that advertises like Louisville style ribs in LA. And you're like, what's the secret to Louisville style? And they're like, Oh, we put a little bit of black pepper in our sauce. Yeah, you never <laughs> and know. And it's like, what? That's the normal ingredient. I very rarely have had something called Carolina style in L.A. Mm-hmm. that I was, I was like, I don't know what part of North Carolina or South Carolina you got this from. But well, sure. you, basically, you're just calling it when it's pulled pork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most of the places in town oversauce their pulled pork. Mm-mm-mm. You know, it's but just it, like. This. Is that an indictment against their actual pulled pork? Like if you go to uh, a spot in eastern North Carolina to get pulled pork fresh from the whole hog, like, does it need sauce? Um, most of the time they're going to, when you're like really down east, they call it like in Kinston, North mm-hmm. Carolina, mm-hmm. like King's Barbecue, which I passed by and didn't need at just a few weeks ago when we were in North Carolina. They're going to chop it and mix the sauce in. Uh, and that's, okay, your, okay. that's the only way you're going to get it. They're going to give you the option to add more sauce yourself and a little bit of slaw. But it's a, such a light sauce that it does, then most of the time they it's a, it's a it's a light touch. You could still like still like taste the pork and the mm-hmm. smokiness. Yeah, yeah, and so thin that it kind of just like soaks in and becomes like one with the pork, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. That that's a so much of barbecue is about this like regional specificity, but not sure. only that about purity, right? Yeah. Because everyone knows like Central Texas barbecue, you don't put sauce in the brisket. If you go to Central Texas and you put sauce on the brisket, they'll kick you out and you know <laughs> send you among the cows or whatever. That's like a thing that people believe. They honestly don't. I've been to a lot of these really great spots and they're yeah. like, yeah, we got sauce. We don't know who told you about the no sauce yeah. thing, but. And it's best, even the brisket, like I think it's still best with a little, little bit of sauce. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, yeah. it just compliments it. I agree. But like one of my like barbecue fantasies is to have that Eastern North Carolina. Like I, I want to go to a whole hog Pig Me too. A pig picking. A pig picking. So, pig picking. So, you know, we l- legitimately had pig pickings for m- like momentous times in our lives. Like my engagement party to Jesse was a pig picking. Link's engagement party to Christy was a pig picking. So romantic. Nicole, what was your engagement party to, to David? <laughs> uh, like a bunch of my family members <laughs> dancing in the living room. <laughs> well, how many, probably not a lot of pig. Up. We had cab up, not a lot okay. of pig, but you know. Well, <laughs> and growing up, they they would literally, there was a, you know, a dude in every, you know, neighborhood who mm-hmm. was the guy who had the giant cooker. He knew how to do it. Maybe he was a pig flipper or maybe he wasn't. Most of the guys that I knew were pig flippers, which means halfway through they literally like got a bunch of people together and they flipped the pig over. Some people don't do that. I don't think it really matters. But <laughs> And we would literally go up to the whole hog uh-huh. when I was a kid that had the head on it and they would basically chop and kind of sauce oh, all the man. meat while it was still on the pig. So they're like dumping the sauce into like this giant rib cage of the pig. And then you just go out there as like a five-year-old kid and you're just like taking a fork and just taking <laughs> off of the pig and putting it on your very plate. Very primal. It's like a very primal I, It's important to, to like that. teach kids that this comes from a real animal. Yeah, I right. think yeah. we need I pig pickings in it. every school in America. I think that's every every that be a school. graduation ceremony. Yeah, every yeah. should just be a pig picking. Yeah, come to the pig picking. <laughs> is, is there like a prized cut on the pig during a pig picking? I'm like, oh, you, you know, you're saving this for for Johnny because he the the tenderloin. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, is what, I mean, growing up, that's what we thought was if you get that little, you know, right down the side of the spine, that was that was the prime meat. At least that's what, you know, Billy Lee told me. That he was, he <laughs> was, was he the pig flipper? He was the pig flipper. He was the, he was the coach at uh, Campbell University, a really good friend of my dad's, and he was, uh, he was the pig man. He'd be like, get you a little bit of that tenderloin. Like, okay, whatever you say, man. That means man. he liked you. <laughs> he was sharing a little piece of knowledge with you. He's like, save it for That's yourself. love. That's yeah. love in cooking. I Saving agree. the tenderloin on pig picking. Yeah, it's like, you know, the back of the chicken drumstick, how uh, you got the oyster? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's like the tenderloin yeah. of the chicken. Mm-hmm. What about you, Josh? What's your favorite barbecue style? We haven't talked about your favorite, number one. Ah uh, man, okay. I'm gonna go complete. I'm gonna go complete homer pick on this one. I'm, I don't care. Okay. I'm shameless. I'm shameless. What does with, that mean? I'm gonna pick the only regional style of barbecue that is native to California, and I don't know if I can even continue <laughs> to believe it and justify it. But I'm saying Santa Maria style barbecue. I don't care. So this so, is like a tri tip. You don't have to. This care. is a tri tip. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. Well, so the, I mean, the reason I love Santa Maria style barbecue, I used to travel up the Central Coast with my dad because it was like such a cheap vacation to take. Mm-hmm. You literally just hop in the car, drive, camp for ten bucks. Uh, hang out at the Pismo Beach Dunes and then drive back down. Uh, and so Santa Maria is this region that is in between like L.A. and San Francisco, basically. And now it has turned into like a big wine country and there's a lot of commerce there. But before that, it was just straight cattle country. And so the same way that like, you know, Texas developed its barbecue style based on the amount of cattle there with all the brisket and, and the short rib and all that. Mm-hmm. Santa Maria style also developed that. And like, right, you mentioned tri-tip because that's what most people associate with Santa Maria style barbecue. Right. But tri-tip was only invented as a cut in like the 1950s. Really? It, it's so funny to think of. It was it, added to cows in the 1950s, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, genetically yeah. engineered. Yeah, yeah, I, like either, <laughs> either God or a Monsanto scientist, depending <laughs> on what you believe, just threw in another thing. No, I, I think a lot of people, um, I remember reading a headline like two years ago that was like, new steak discovered in cow. And I was like, <laughs> how? How have we not mapped out the animal? Right. But like when, when you're butchering, it is like an art. You're breaking this apart like a puzzle. So sure. if you cut you're something lateral. Choices. Yeah. Exactly. And so the choice was made to take a, uh, what is it, a bottom round sirloin, Mm -hmm. and then normally they would just cut off the tip uh, in the Jewish tradition uh, with a moil, uh, and then there's a little circumcision joke, folks. Hey, oh, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's beef barbecue, it's kosher. (laughs) And then they would grind it for like ground beef because they figured like, why would you sell a triangular cut? Uh, doesn't make any sense. You, you know, it doesn't cook evenly. Uh, and then one guy, a one-armed butcher from Safeway in Santa Maria, was just like, nah, let's leave it. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. Did that's you not, say one That's one not a arm? euphemism. That's a real story. One-armed butcher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's just a real. That's okay. not a euphemism for the, the nope. Uh, that's, <laughs> wow, Jesus. What a crazy metaphor that would be. Uh, but no, and, and that's how tri-tip was invented. Spending a little time with a one-armed butcher <laughs> <Yeah>. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> sauce or no sauce. <laughs> so what I'm saying is like Santa Maria style barbecue existed for hundreds of years uh, before that happened. And so what they would do is they would typically take like prime rib okay. uh, or just a whole like 20-pound top sirloin roast. And then they would cook that over, I believe it's red oak embers. Uh, mm. And then it would be a rub of just garlic, salt, and pepper. And they would cook it over like an Argentine-style pulley grill. And so you like cool. raise it and lower it, uh, you know, over the actual live fire. Awesome. Uh, until, you know, you're getting the right amount of heat on it. And the cool thing about that is it's like mm. a great a great expression of uh, meat that isn't like fully cooked, right? Because you get some like brisket. It's... If people think it, it's tough to smoke a proper brisket, but if Absolutely, you want to make a tasty, yeah. quote unquote, barbecue brisket, 
you just like pop it in the oven and braise it for nine hours yep. and it gets tender. Like I not not to call out uh, Rat's palate, but there was once an episode of GMM Uh-oh. where we no no no, no. It, it's a great story and I think it, <laughs> it proves my point here. Uh, there was an episode of GMM where I think it was like a barbecue sauce taste test or something, and we were making uh, ribs for it. Mm-hmm. And you know we don't have a smoker on site, obviously. Thanks sure Burbank don't. Fire Marshal. We talk a lot of crap on the Burbank Fire Marshal <laughs> with Mythical Kitchen yeah. properties. Yeah. Um, but so what we did is you know we put a little bit of liquid smoke on the ribs and then we just like threw them in the oven for like six hours until they were fall off the bone tender yeah. and we splashed barbecue sauce on it and it's like it's really good you know it tastes yeah. really good and you said like they were they're like these are some of the best home cooked ribs I've ever had oh wow yeah you fooled me with the liquid smoke I mean because it's essentially I mean but it's essentially getting to the same destination and with a different route right yeah exactly I mean, they're just distilling the smoke and then letting yeah. it drip down and so you, you're kind of getting that but the point is, most barbecue is just cooked low and slow. And if you cook something enough like that, it's going to taste pretty good. Where Santa Maria barbecue with their like prime rib, their top sirloin, and now mm-hmm. the tri-tip, you actually have to get that perfect temp cook on it to where it's not all the way through. It's not low and slow. It's this intricate dance between live smoke and fire and uh, a triangular cut of meat from a one-armed butcher. But what you miss in that, because I love, I love tri-tip. When I first moved here, I thought it was going to be like three different meats on one plate. That would be a yeah, much better try. name was very, for tri-tip. I get it. Yeah. I was very excited about that. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's very good, and, mm. and and like they don't even at least last time they don't even have that cut in North Carolina at the grocery store. Yeah, so like you can get like a London broil, maybe like something like they're just not really. Yeah, and they don't even sell like top sirloin in a full roast either. Right. They're all uh, cutting the steaks. Really, yeah. I didn't know that. But what you don't get without the low and slow is you don't get the like event based. I mean, mm. I know you you can you still mm. gather around and everybody eats, but because it is more precision and it doesn't take as long. Mm. Like when you've got to take. With the with the whole hog, I mean, we're talking. They're probably going twenty four hours, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's just something about having to sit there with this thing for so long that like it created this cultural institution exactly. in the mm-hmm. South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the tri tip is great, but it, it, you just you just can't have that translation into like we have to plan our whole weekend around yeah. cooking yeah. this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and I mean the other thing that you don't get from Santa Maria style barbecue is um. It don't really, it don't really taste that good. Like, <laughs> what is my favorite? It's, hold on, hold on, because food is more than just taste. It's about identity and, and all. But no, it's sure. um. Well, it's actually kind of funny because I was reading an interview with a dude who cooks at the Elks Lodge in Santa Maria. Which apparently, if you want to get the best barbecue, you go to the Elks Lodge, which I've mm-hmm. never been to, but I'm very sad about. But he was saying that he really hates tri tip. Because it used to be all about prime rib, and cooking a prime rib, smoking it over live fire, is freaking delicious. Yeah. And you know, sounds still, delicious. Oh, it's great, and you still don't cook it all the way through. So you know what Red said completely stands. But sure. that used to be uh, the case. But you know, this is a style that was mainly on like the ranchos in Santa Maria, and then maybe five restaurants opened up. Prime rib was just too expensive for them to like survive. Yeah. And so they just, like, couldn't do it, you know? So they had to eventually cheapen the prime rib to this top sirloin, had to eventually cheapen that to tri-tip. So I want 1930s Santa Maria-style barbecue is my official answer. I think my kids prefer it, honestly. Like, I, I, I you know, I got this nice uh, brisket. I think it was a – it was – some grade, like I think it was like a black, like a Wagyu black grade brisket mm. from Snake River Farms. I was like, I'm going all out. So I'm going to really take my time. And the kids are like, they'd rather just have a tri-tip. Weird. Why? They're like, it's just so fatty, dad. Oh, tell them to toughen up. Kid, participation kids, trophies. Kids <laughs> and, the, and the, like the, the, complaining about fat and meat, man. What a world. don't get it. Yeah, S-O-F I'm the opposite. I'm like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Which leads me to say my favorite barbecue style is Texas style. (laughs) Someone had to. So let me tell you the truth. I'm not going to wax poetic about Texas style. I, uh, again, I'm not very well, I'm not a very well-traveled person. So I'm a little bit limited in my uh, barbecue types. But I did go to Texas recently and I had the most amazing time ever. And I had a big ass rib. We're talking about a big beef. I love ass ribs. Literally, this literally the size of is this a forearm? That is the size of my forearm. (laughs) That's pretty much what I had. Let the record show. Nicole is pointing to her forearm. (laughs) And I just looked at it, and there was this beautiful smoke ring around Mm. it, and it was again that primal thing of just picking up a rib and just biting straight into it, having Mm -hmm. the beautiful sides, having the greens, having the mac and cheese on the side, the three different kinds of barbecue sauce. Mm. It's just, it's just Mm. so delicious. It's so perfect. It's so. Is it just creates this like sense of deliciousness? I can't even explain mm. it. It's just amazing, and I love beef barbecue. I'm not a big pork barbecue person. I think it's probably because of my Jewish upbringing. But um, <laughs> that makes sense. I also love brisket. I love fatty brisket. I just like I just like meat. Mm-hmm. And Texas yep. style barbecue is just meat, meat, meat. And I love everything about it. While you were explaining that, Red Knight is uncontrollably grunted in <laughs> yeah. the microphone, uh, and that's yeah. this endorsement. I'm honestly salivating a little well, bit just I, thinking about it. So I didn't really. The whole beef rib thing, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand that until recently. Yeah, is that new? How it's did... essentially like a brisket sitting on top of a bone. Like a yeah. dinosaur it's like bone. When you do it right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did those recently too. I got like the uh-huh. basically the three ribs. I got two sections of three ribs yeah. and did the same thing. And it just, the meat draws up. And if you just do it right, you just kind of twist the bones at mm-hmm. the end. And it just comes just out and you just got this out. nice slab of meat. And again- it took me, like, I loved it. The kids were like, it's pretty fatty, Dad. I'm like, God, been out there all freaking weekend. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm doing the typical dad thing where I'm yeah. telling them how much I paid for it. <laughs> every yeah. time I find myself doing that, I'm like, don't be this, Dad. It's like, that, just those three ribs were $165. That's right. And they're like, Dad, why do we care? We have no concept of money. <laughs> But then when I took it and I made Shepard a grilled cheese sandwich Mm -hmm. with a layer of that rib meat, Mm -hmm. he was like, Dad, this is really good. So it took me basically, you know, masking the expensive brisket (laughs) or uh, ribs into a uh, grilled cheese sandwich to get my child to like. Tough endorsement. Tell us other things about your kids you don't like. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't appreciate meat, you know? (laughs) That makes sense. New generation, man. Uh, I Taste for taste. Texas barbecue, it's it's one of the yeah. best single bites of food I've ever put in my yeah. mouth. Yeah. Like, if Very I'm true. not trying to wax poetic about wanting to believe in, like, the California dream or whatever, <laughs> uh, I don't know what that was about. No, Texas barbecue uh, is is the absolute best. And I feel like I remember when beef ribs, like, came into my consciousness. Mm-hmm. I had had them before at uh, the Claim Jumper. Do you know the Claim Jumper? Um, the one uh, on Burbank, like, next There's to a couple. the it's like Disney an, one? It's like a mini okay. chain. Yeah, okay. I thought it was Clam Jumper. <laughs> until- <laughs> I, I thought it was. For like seven years until I read the sign a little bit more closely. No, no, no. Right now, I just found I was Claim Jumper. You thought it was Claim Jumper? Yes. I was like, look at the seafood restaurant. Yeah, because what's a Claim Jumper? I I don't don't know. know. You don't know what a Claim Jumper is? Do you still not know what a Claim Jumper is? I don't know. Does it have to do with the gold rush or something? Yeah. Okay. Look at Nicole. She took fifth grade education in California. Well, it's bad marketing because everyone has just, most people, I mean, I, I think, you know, me and Nicole both. He's smarter than the average person, right? I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And both of us thought it was a seafood restaurant that specialized first and foremost in clams. Yeah. We weren't excited about it's, that. They've got a marketing problem. Why were you excited you, about clams? Because though? in my mind, there's like, I can imagine a clam jumping. I don't know. That's where I went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know like, yeah, this is the jumping clams. Yeah, I know they were like, I know they're sedentary and like girl rocks or whatever, but I was like convinced like... <laughs> 
<laughs> you two are smart. I thought the clam jump. jumper was someone who had to move, move their feet really quickly to not like sink into the sand when they're like pulling clams. <laughs> Two up. different trains of thought. You both put, still to the same area. You both put so much thought into this and did not put the three seconds into required reading. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> the eye is too small. It needs to be a different font. No, a, a claim jumper. One is a mini chain that is themed to the gold rush, and a claim jumper during the gold rush was somebody who would like steal another person's claim Ooh. of land for yeah. gold. Okay. Ooh. And so they are a gold rush themed restaurant. That was the first place that I had beef ribs, and I remember vomiting right after. So I don't know what I'm the deal sorry. was, but that tainted in my mind. Also, they um, for the kids menu, they made you pay by how much the child weighed. What? And they would, yeah. No way they still do that. Like gold. No. Like, Just like gold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So we would hop, you'd hop on it like a gold scale, and then they'd be like, well, sir, this child is very large. He's going to have to pay an adult price. <laughs> that is draconian. Uh, amazing that that was ever a thing. <laughs> That's Cannot crazy. imagine that happening now. Um, go to your local claim chamber, still <laughs> see if they still do that. But anyways, I, that was the only time I'd have beef ribs until I saw a video that went like mega viral on Instagram uh, of the beef rib at La Barbecue. In Austin, mm. Texas. Is that where you went? No, I went to Terry Black's, but uh, I've heard of barbecues. Amaze balls. But yeah, it was like yeah. everything up until then was uh, uh, Franklin Brisket. Franklin Brisket. It yeah, still Franklin. is. They still, I went there recently and I was worried that it wouldn't hold up in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the first bite I had, I was like, oh yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, but man. then the, the beef ribs seem to really take over as like one of the dominant things. Well, they're harder to get too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I uh, I follow the, the meat church Instagram. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, I can't remember. Matt something is 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 uh, this guy. He's in Texas, and uh, every time he cooks beef ribs, he just talks about. It. Now these are hard to get. These are hard to get. Like you got to know the supplier. Like it, it's very difficult. You're not going to get them in a grocery store most of the time. So I think it might be a little bit of the supply and demand making mm-hmm. them seem like they're that much. But I don't. But I don't know if you had like a cube of rib meat next to a brisket, you would be like, yeah. This is definitive. You're saying the artificial scarcity contributes to its mystique. I think so. Is there anything else? Is there anything else in barbecue that does that? Like the McRib? (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. Full circle, baby. I told you I was working on the segues. Wow. (laughs) What if the person who came up with the McRib or at least the marketing strategy for the McRib was thinking about this exact principle that we're talking about right now? They were like, man, these. Beef, of course, this would have to happen a long time ago. I don't know what year the McRib came out. What what year was it? I, I don't know. I don't 80s, know everything. I can see why you thought I'd know that. Uh, I would say probably late 70s, early 80s, yeah. But they were like, oh, yeah, these beef ribs are going to be a lot more in demand because they're scarce. Let's do that. Let's, what if that was the genesis of the whole idea of the limited menu item? And it's that guy. It's the guy who invented the McRib who's just seeking out new limited time only parts on a cow. Mm. You know? Like this cow's ear, this cow ear, this cow's ear, Nicole. It's only available for one month out of the year. <laughs> and some hipster with glasses in Brooklyn is making it at a Louisville-style smokehouse where they put black pepper in the sauce. You know what I hate? What's that? I hate fruit-based barbecue sauces. Oh, we're talking about that. I don't like I don't like peaches in my barbecue sauce. I don't like boysenberries in my barbecue sauce. Don't put blueberries in my barbecue sauce. Just give me the good sauce. Where does that happen? On the on the internet, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but also like fancy restaurants. Whenever you go to a restaurant, they mm-hmm. put like peach and like cognac barbecue. So I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you doing? Why are you bastardizing barbecue like this? It pisses me off. I just when, had to get that. When I was a, a like a restaurant reviewer person, <laughs> when that was my job, uh, I went to some place that shall remain nameless. Uh, but they did like a barbecue quail, which like immediately is not a great mm. thing to barbecue. Mm-mm. And they put a uh, like a raspberry. 
Pedro Jimenez cherry vinegar barbecue sauce on it, eh. but they didn't strain it, and so it was literally just like a kind of savory smoothie on top of this like burnt eh. oil. Mm. Uh, no and uh, yeah, I think I think I said in the review that it was like a, a Jamba Juice raspberry razzmatazz that you left uh, on the concrete in a hot day. Yeah, uh, and it tastes like that. So I'm I'm with you on that. I want barbecue sauce. My I had to sauce. get that off of my chest. I'm very sorry. I'm very, thank Please you continue for talking more about regional <laughs> barbecue you, you, sauce. You know who does a really good uh, South Carolina style. Uh, pulled pork I I think it's is it slab that you guys yeah. got the yes. sandwich from slab that we like so much phenomenal and they have I don't typically like it when they pre-sauce the meat but they pre-sauce the meat on the that sandwich but that was one of the best barbecue sandwiches yeah. I've ever had the texture of their pork is like gorgeous it's not, and that's ex- the exact sauce the and that the 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 bun on that sandwich everything mm-hmm. Is perfect. It's it's a well architected sandwich, and they and they yeah. do things really well. And they, I'm glad there is like a sort of barbecue renaissance coming to LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot Blood of people, Bloodsos, Blood all is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, dude moved out from Texas to Compton, mm-hmm. and now is open. That dude opened up a barbecue restaurant at like a casino in Sydney, Australia. Shut like he's, up. Yeah, he's a mogul, and it's glad good it's good him. to see a hometown dude out there. That's dope. Any close? Any any closing sentiments about anything? You anybody want to wax poetic about regional barbecue? Well, I mean, I'm, all I can think about now is the McRib, and, uh, <laughs> and I think we're all on the same page. We we know, you know, pound for pound, if we're just talking about taste, the McRib is it's not it's not good. It's, no, definitive, correct, yeah. it's definitively not good compared to actual mm-hmm. real barbecue. But it's the spirit of it. And now that I know that the guy who came up with it did it because of the scarcity of beef ribs, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find one today. Red McLogavulin's official answer: The McRib is the greatest barbecue on the history of planet Earth, and he hates oh his family from North Carolina and has abandoned them for McDonald's. That's, that was my takeaway from it all. All right, Nicole and Rhett, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call "Opinions Are Like Casseroles." Right, you're you're like real good at singing. You've done music before. That wasn't singing. Well, no, that's what, okay. Well, hold on. Before I say, I wasn't gonna ask yes! you about that. I mean, I was that was say, that was just talking in unison. It's a jingle. Because well, we tried no, singing. There was no melody for that. There was no well, melody. Sing Opinions the... are like casseroles. That yeah, was, we didn't hit that. Mm, okay, that was kind of a hybrid. Should we okay, sing our jump. full song? <laughs> You know, you know the lyrics. I don't want to. You right, can on three, sing on three. it. No, no, you gotta see it. Nicole, come on. I'm shy. Three, one, two. Opinions are like casseroles. Everyone's got one, and they smell like onions. Well, yeah, you can't be good at everything. Yeah, you, you know. know. I mean, <laughs> you can try though. <laughs> All right, first up, we got at Ladybird two 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 three. Actual grapes are good, but purple flavored things are gross. Purple flavored. They're, they're talking about they they uh, put purple in all caps to indicate that they don't even recognize it as grape flavored mm-hmm. things. Well, it's just purple. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, not to be that guy, but purple isn't a flavor; it's a color. I don't know. Uh, and color can influence your. You know, we, I think we did an episode of GMM. Of course, we did an episode yeah, yeah, of GMM yeah. about this. <laughs> does color in, influence the taste of something? I think we said that it does. Uh, but not truly when you're blind you, you, mm-hmm. to it, you, you you don't taste the difference. So I just think this is just somebody not trusting their own taste buds. Mm. Mm. 
I like purple popsicles. Yeah, I like the purple. Purple's, yeah, the, best. purple's the best flavor. It's not the best flavor at all, not even a little bit. But like if there's a purple popsicle, I'll probably take the purple popsicle. I agree. That's it's what I go to. It's what I'm attracted to. Um, what fruit actually matches up to its artificial counterpart? Like in candy, like a Jolly Rancher, they're they're called all kinds of watermelon. Watermelon tastes nothing like a watermelon. I was gonna Jolly say Rancher. pink. <laughs> That's a really good question. Have we done that GMM episode yet? Uh, we probably like approached it tangentially. Yes, you know what I mean? We did. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, yeah, watermelon doesn't doesn't work. Grape doesn't work. Because grape, a grape flavor, I think maybe grape might be the one that's the furthest away from what. Because grapes don't really have much of a taste. Yeah, you well, know what I'm saying. Concord grapes are very strong. Are are strong, and that might be what they're like. Like the taste of like grape juice. You have to like distill it down into mm-hmm. something, and once you concentrate it, maybe that's what they're trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manischewitz is made for his Concord grape wine. I think that's why we're familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, probably. You ever had Manischewitz? Only uh, because. Stevie wanted it for something on the show and then explained the whole history of it. And I was like, <laughs> nice. okay, now I understand. Yeah, it was the, I've always wanted to do like craft Manischewitz cocktails. Do it. <laughs> for a barbecue pop-up, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll we'll do do it. it. Okay. Cam Wake says barbecue sauce and mac and cheese is better than hot sauce and mac and cheese. Uh, there's something about the the fat and the sweet together. I mean, it works in cheesecake. I mean, it comes to mm. it's a perfect union in cheesecake, but... I don't know. Something's not. I think the liquid smoke with the cheese together. That no, hot sauce is the is the perfect balance. So this is mm-hmm. this opinion mm-hmm. is wrong. <laughs> um, if there's a protein with it, I think it works. So if the, if you're putting pulled pork with barbecue sauce and mac and mm-hmm. cheese, that's good. Or if it's like chicken and barbecue sauce. But my goat forever is always hot sauce and mac and cheese. Oh. So. Yeah, you run a couple hot dogs through a cheese grater, then mix that with barbecue sauce, Stop put that on it. top. Now that get a couple some pulled pulled that's, hot dogs on there. That sounds horrific. Some pulled wieners on there. That's pulled what I'm talking about. Hot dog. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I put ketchup on my mac and cheese like yeah. n- for nostalgia purposes. Uh, if I'm really analyzing it, I mean barbecue sauce. A lot of it's mostly ketchup. Uh, if I'm really analyzing it, like it's kind of like not a great flavor combination uh, with like just the squishiness, and then you get that kind of like velvety coating from the cheese, mm-hmm. and then just this hot vinegar rush. I think it's fun. But it's fun. But if you're putting ketchup on mac and cheese, you're not analyzing much. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Thanks, it's just like you're not really in analytic mode yeah. at that point. Yeah, I'm here for pure comfiness, baby. I'm in my sweatpants. I'm ready to go. All right, we got at Fat Barnett. That's a PH. Was that an acronym or something? What, is, what does fat mean with a PH? It means cool. No, but I thought it was like an acronym. Pretty hot and tempting. See, isn't that it? What? Yeah. That's is what, it really? That's what we thought. I learned something new today. <laughs> that's what we thought I like in that, the 90s. I learned that bay was like, an acronym from Nicole. Like baby fat? Like the clothing line? <laughs> Started by Kimora <laughs> Lee Simmons? I don't know about I that. I got, oh I got, I'm going to head fast on that one. Wrong group of people to talk to about this. <laughs> Anyways, sometimes I crave barbecue chips. If I don't have any, I'll dip saltine crackers in barbecue sauce. Why are these all barbecue sauce related? It's so funny. I don't know. That, that is a coincidence. Saltine crackers? Mm-hmm. Saltine crackers and barbecue sauce. I mean, is it really that hard to get hold of barbecue <laughs> chips? I mean, this just feels like there's got to be something else. Sometimes you don't want to leave the house, man. I can't Sometimes do you just got you can't do it. I can't do that. You're gonna, you you both are gonna leave me hanging as the only one who would do this. It, yes, exactly. I it seems like you it. didn't grow up eating ketchup sandwiches and it shows. <laughs> ketchup, a little bit of ketchup on white bread that'll satisfy a craving for a burger if you ain't got nothing in the house. Oh, and I stand by that. You saw me just eat ranch bread the other day in the I kitchen, did. Nicole. Yeah, and that, that was, was good stuff. To be a ranch bit. bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like just an untoasted saltine cracker in, uh, <laughs> in barbecue yeah, sauce. You know what? If we're ever in a situation where we're we've things have gotten to the point where we're dipping uh, saltine crackers in barbecue sauce, which will probably be like a life and death apocalyptic mm, yeah, yeah. situation. Sure. 
uh, at that point, I'll try it. I found out that Sweet Baby Ray's does last. There's so much sugar in it that it preserves it. it. Honestly, it lasts forever. We've had some bottles that I think are like three years aged in the fridge. <laughs> no way. And I've only gotten better. Nicole, how long have you worked here? Uh, two, almost two and a half years. Mazel tov. Have you ever thrown away a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's? Not personally, no. <laughs> <laughs> They've just been in there. It's like that can of black beans on the other side that's been here since I started oh, like yeah. four years ago. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah. I was You're like, don't eat. Purpose, I was like, right? don't eat the botulism yeah, beans. You told me not to. Okay, I don't know how to say this, but uh, Danielle Hunt Quelle says soup is drastically better the next day. Also, why is that? <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I. I, I think they're right about this, right? I mean, I mean, mo- I think most things, most things that are a combination of things are mm-hmm. better the mm-hmm. next day, right? Is yeah. That, it, is, I, th- I think liquid, yeah, combination of things in liquid, I think, do become better sure. the next day. But that said, this is one of those, like, Food Network chef things that everybody heard growing up of, like, leave it in the fridge, the flavors have time to marry and, and yeah. combine, blah, 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 and the next day it's even better. And I've never done, like, a side-by-side test, but, like, anecdotally, I believe this. Well, there's mm-hmm. another episode that we just came up with. All right, somebody <gasps> email the writers. <gasps> is, is, I'll tell them right now. <laughs> is, is this day old thing better? I mean, that's that's a good experiment. That's a really good experiment. Because I know the the thing that really tastes better the next day for me is a well made cake. Ah, oh. interesting. And that's just and that's something that like this, there's this sort of rule in my wife's family, right? Like there's a few recipes. There's a big carrot cake and there's a strawberry cake that like are passed down from the grandmother. Mm-hmm. It's just everyone is like, you gotta wait the next day to eat this thing, or at least we have to save enough for tomorrow. And I don't know, it's just because I'm kind of living this out with all them. They're all like, doesn't it taste better? I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> in my mind, it tastes a lot better. Something has happened. It's like aged in some way. Yeah. That's- the soup thing makes sense, right? Like, yeah, totally. I was just thinking about like uh, dinners whenever my mom would make mm-hmm. dinners, and the stews are so much better the next day. And that's literally just like, like aromatics. Yeah. You leave onions sit in broth for longer, you get more onion yeah. flavor yeah. in the broth and, and, and all that. The cake yeah, totally. thing's interesting, though. I mean, I could be wrong. Well, we got to find out. I like old, I like, pitch it. <laughs> I like counter-aged cake. I like my cake counter-aged in the open air for about four hours. Oh, and I guess that like mm-hmm. weird, like the crumb kind of gets a little bit solidified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you're and then, about. Yeah, and then the frosting gets crusty. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're so talking about. So I feel about. that. But the next day thing, interesting. I got at Jessica Zinko. I dip hot Cheetos in sour cream. I don't think it's controversial, but my fiance <laughs> thinks it's unique. Huh. Oh, this what? sounds this sounds good. I mean, you're you're taking the edge off a little bit with the sour cream. Yeah. I can think of nothing that doesn't taste better with sour cream, though. That's name, fair. Name one thing that I mean, because you can put it on desserts. Canned fruit cocktail. I feel like I think it could be good that on sounds fruit cocktail. Great. That sounds like preternaturally great. That sounds no, like doesn't. one of the better applications. The syrup of sour cream. mixing with the with the sour cream That's sounds what I want. horrific. But no, but I would take a piece of the fruit cocktail out and then dip it into mm-hmm. the sour okay, cream. Okay, yeah, but like I'm talking about just like pouring the whole thing in there. And oh, then it's like I'm ambrosia gonna... with the Cool Whip. Oh, ew. You mix the Cool Whip with the canned fruit. I can't think of one thing that wouldn't be better with sour cream. It's just, just I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of the day. Yeah, but I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm like, I want to dip a whole a whole stem full of grapes into sour cream and just kind of lick it off. It sounds great. Like fruit, meat, cheese. It's, it's halfway to Alabama white barbecue sauce. Yeah, which we didn't even talk didn't about. Even talk about. It's just I'm trying to think. Coca Cola and sour cream. I used, to, I used to make Pepsi Look at milk me growing in my up. Eyes and tell me Coca Cola and sour cream. It's, I would I would drink good. Pepsi milk growing up. Okay. We called it pea milk. Okay, <laughs> it would curdle after ten minutes, but you got to drink it fast. Pepsi milk. As a hot Cheeto and cream cheese girl, I totally <laughs> understand this opinion and I respect it very much. So, so yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. I'm worried about their their relationship with their fiance. You're right. Yeah. You know, like that was like, you're like, I don't think this, but like, you know, they want to, t- they want to tell you something. 
I was like, man, <laughs> let it, let them say it. You know? Okay. Don't let speak me for see. themselves. Damn. Chef Magoo ninety four says lettuce buns for burgers are mm. sinful. The lettuce either breaks apart or gets wilted. Why bother? Mm. Mm. I I don't disagree with this. Being married to someone who dabbles in the low carb lifestyle, uh, not necessarily for an extended period of time, but Jesse will kind of dip into the keto thing. Mm-hmm. I just think that why just put a burger on a plate. Maybe there's some lettuce there. Fork and knife it. You don't have to mm-hmm. make it seem like you're also eating a sandwich. I agree. We're not going to judge you because you're not holding your food like we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I think it's like this uh, communal thing when everyone is eating a burger, though, you don't want to be the one doing it alone, like mm-hmm. eat, putting it on a plate alone. So. It's like the same, the psychology of holding a thing and stuffing yeah. it in your face. I do hate lettuce, like protein style burgers. Though. Yeah, they're, oh, they're bad. I, I don't hate think. it. Mm-hmm. You know, they started doing tomato wrapped ones That's, on the internet. Oh, uh, it's a lot I of don't juice. Get it. That's I a lot don't of get juice. It. How, do, what, so, how, what do you mean tomato wrapped? <laughs> so you instead of like lettuce on the outside, it's two pieces of tomato on the outside, and those are your buns. I know it sounds that whack. feels like a joke. Uh, it's fat, not. fat burgers. No, no, no. This, this is a real a thing. Uh, at In and Out, I believe whack. you can request tomato wrapped. Uh, and, and there are pictures of people doing it. Um, fat burger. Do you know what fat burgers are doing? Oh my god! Please, what? They start doing the burger rat burger where it, it was just two beef patties, and then in between them were your burger accoutrements. So it's like a double down. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's say, a double, double down. down. Yeah, exactly. That makes more sense. Uh, I feel like I think that's maybe the better way to do. But then you're also getting you know like nine hundred grams of fat or whatever. I don't know what your dietary needs are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, no, anyway, it's just kind of sad at the habit burger grill, mm-hmm. they just make a cheeseburger salad. And if you really want to do the low carb thing and still enjoy a cheeseburger, pretty great way to do it. Mm. It's yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. Delightful. All right. At Strongbeard 75 frozen candy is better than room temp. Mmm. Candy freezer on our hands, eh? Huh. I, again, I think that I always have to reference my like memory bank of like, haven't I done this? This, <laughs> yeah. is, this sounds like a good mythical more situation. Right? <laughs> like, let's just eat some frozen. I love you. Like, bars. let's not give away content on this platform. <laughs> let's do it on this one. But I mean, I think from just a, like a molecular level, isn't something being warmer? Whatever makes the taste transfer to your taste buds is more active if mm-hmm. it's warmer. Right? Yeah. No, yes. that's absolutely true. Yeah. So you're just not going to taste it as much. But I got to say, a frozen Reese's peanut butter cup. Fire. The texture is mm-hmm. does some really good things for you. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it just heats up in your mouth and then you begin to taste it anyway. Yeah, you get to enjoy it longer. I think that's like part of it. And also you get like, you know, the, the chewier, harder texture. It's just yeah. fun. It's a novel. Cats love novel temperatures in their mouths. Mm. I did. Oh, this. you can't be giving cats like because I was like, "Where's this going?" Can cats eat chocolate, or is it has anything no, no, no. happened? Do, do, sorry, don't don't feed don't feed your cat chocolate. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this because we did this episode where I tried to make uh, my cat Pippin a gourmet meal, and I was reading about what you shouldn't feed cats, which apparently is like literally everything because yeah. uh, everyone's a vet online. Um, but there was someone who was saying how their cat loves to like eat ice cream, and then a vet responded and was like, "That's because oh. cats." Uh, they prefer their food at prey temp, which is, you know, roughly body temp. Sure. But they're such curious animals that they're, like, attracted to novel textures and temperatures of mm. food. Because there's, like, what is this? And I think humans are that Ew. way with frozen candy. There's, like, I've never had a frozen chocolate. Let's do it. 
my mom keeps Dove chocolates in the freezer. Oh, Julius or Julia? They're so hard. They're, they're so thick. hard and they're so good. They're and thick. <laughs> they're so great. So I like, love chocolate. You got to just scrape at it with your teeth. Yeah, well, you have weak teeth. I have such weak teeth. That's there. a real thing. Yeah, right. I don't know about a lemon head. Like the idea of a lemon head in the freezer like makes my mm. teeth hurt. Mm. But chocolate, because you know it melts nicely. Nicer than like mm-hmm. solid hard candy. Do you suck on the chocolate? You kind of just pop it in. Like, I do a little bit of both. It depends on my mood. Sometimes I crunch on it. Sometimes uh-huh. I suck it. But it, <laughs> at the end of the day, I prefer chocolate more than anything else. So fair enough. Fair enough. Frozen York peppermint patties. You get double the Ooh! cooling sensation. That oh, that good. that could be nice. I like to see what would happen to That's the so peppermint good. inside. Oh, it's a wild ride for the one-armed butcher. <laughs> I, don't know why I, that. I still get that joke. Oh, man, we'll tell you when you're older. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Zada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. For more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And thank you so much to our guest, Rhett McLaughlin. I'm just kidding, Rhett McLaughlin. Uh, thank Thank you so much Thank for stopping you. by. Where can the people find you? You know, in the, in this building. <laughs> yeah, mostly. In this building, you know, it, it just just search mythical. Yeah. Know? Exactly. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your mythical dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. See you all next time. Bye, Rhett. Bye. Bye.